Hi, everybody. This is Patty Negri. Welcome to The Witching Hour, the witching hour where magic happens no matter when you're watching or listening to it. I have a great guest for you today, Sasha Graham. She's a witch. She's an author. She's got this great new tarot book. But before I introduce her, let me tell you a little bit about this week. If you are listening or watching this when we first drop the week of Monday, November 15th, where am I? Where's Patty? I'm home. I'm still home. I've got my two weeks at home. Yes, home last week. I was hanging out at the Biltmore with Elton Castillo and the TFIL boys, talking to all sorts of spirits. And this week, actually, I can't talk about it, but I was just filming at everybody's scary hotel, the Cecil Hotel. But I can't tell you about that one yet. Um, but I do have some great stuff coming up this week here in town or on the Zoom screen. My Tuesday class, I'm back to Tuesday class, and I'm doing a class on dragon magic. So those of you who know me know how powerful and how much I love dragon magic. So if you need a little power, a little fire in your life, take my class Tuesday. Just go to universitymagicus.com. Um, my Sunday seance series is continuing on Sunday, class two and three. You can even get them late because you would just have to watch the first videos if you wanted. Um, and then I'm starting, for those of you who are single who don't want to be, I've Magic and Science of Love with my dear friend, Merle Singer, the Relationship Miracle Worker. We have a three-week class that deals with magic and psychology and shift and breakthrough training to help people find the right partner this time or for the first time. So if you're interested in that, that's at University Magicus as well. For travel things, if you Halloween weekend, that Friday and Saturday, I will be my first trip back. I will be in Virginia City. We are doing Mackie Mansion. We are doing the Washoe Club, all sorts of amazing things. And you could be there virtual, uh, virtual on online, or you could be there live and in person. We do have some live ones. So if you want to join me in Virginia City, come on down the Friday and Saturday after Thanksgiving. The next weekend, I will be in Dallas, Fort Worth area, doing a very witchy all patty weekend of workshops and seances and galleries and all sorts of fun things um, at Miracles of Joy. So I've been posting that, or you can go to the Miracles of Joy website themselves in Louisville, Texas. And the next weekend, I am so excited. Las Vegas, Vegas baby, with my whole My Paranormal family. Bridget's going to be there. Everybody's going to be there. We have all sorts of surprises for you guys. It's actually going to be a kind of a three-ring circus for me. I'm going to be there with, yes, my My Paranormal family. Also going to be there with my Paraflix family. Also going to be there with some of my tour groups that I'm working on some of our adventure tours for next week, next year. So, Come to Vegas. Come to Vegas and find me, find us, um, especially my, my paranormal. I think we're going to have a special secret room. So Unity Las Vegas, the weekend of the 10th, 11th, 12th, whatever days they are in December, just before the holidays. So great holiday present for yourself. Um, and I guess that's all I have to offer you for right now. dun da 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 Guess what time it is? It's time for the Willow Report. Guess what? Willow's going to be a good dog. Willow's going to be a really, really good dog. Maybe even by next week. We'll see. I've found, no, not just a dog trainer. I have found an animal behavior specialist. And this guy is so amazing. His name is Michael. Um, 
he knew everything about Willow before I even said anything. Even things like at her age, she's seven months, pushing eight months. And he wondered if things changed slightly when she just got spayed. And I'm like, yeah, they did. They got worse. And I always said she was kind of going backwards in some areas, even on her potty training. And he had so many answers for things. And of course, he went right for she's very normal for a dachshund and dachshunds are like the hardest dogs to train and they're hounds and they never give up on anything. And it's perfect for the age she is. But guess what, Lelo? You're not getting away with everything anymore. You're going to have a teacher. You're going to have a trainer. We're doing private lesson at the house and she's hiding from me. You have to learn to look, look, look in the camera. It's a pretty face. You have to see everybody your pretty face. So if, if, if she doesn't get enough from the private lesson, she's going to. Because you know it's really training Carrie and myself and the cat. That's what the good trainer does, but works specifically with her. So um, they are doing little public classes starting at the beginning of the year. But I think by then she is going to be so perfect. It's going to be the perfect willow apart every day. No more barking endlessly, little bitty accidents in the middle of the night. No more stealing all the cat toys. You got the idea. Willow Report, we've got hope. There is light at the end of the tunnel. She's going to behave, right? Right? Well, she hasn't even eaten my earrings yet, but I did just wake her out out of sunbathing with the cat in the dining room. Life is good. See you for the next Willow Report. Okay, for today's magic, as I look in the mirror, I went, maybe we should do some weight loss magic. <laughs> you know, everybody says the COVID-19 was the COVID-19 for a lot of people. Or as we get into holidays and we just got through everybody's favorite Halloween, sometimes some of us maybe want to lose a couple pounds. I'm really good at this. I've been a professional dieter my entire life. And I've magically came through some stuff that really really works and keeps you in check, adding magic to whatever program that you are doing. So if you are looking to lose a couple pounds or even just get in better shape, it's not all about weight loss. It could even be weight gain. It could just be get more fit, get more in shape. And you want to do it a little bit magically with a little bit extra help. Um, Here's a couple tips. Number one, enchant all the mirrors in your house. We've talked about mirror magic before, but go, go to your bathroom mirror, go to your full length mirror and just enchant it that you only see your best self, your most healthy, fit, beautiful, handsome self. Because the image that you have looking at yourself is the image you start creating on the outside. We know that psychology tells us that. So get out of those crazy baggy sweats that you want to hide in and put on something that make you feel good in whatever that is on an everyday basis. So that's a really good start. I also like adding a spell working of some kind. I'm really big on witches ladders, those little strings you see everybody wearing. And in my book, Old World Magic for the Modern World, I have some very specific, uh, not of one, this spell's begun, where I'm talking you through. And then you have this little bracelet that you could rub on when you want to eat that Snickers bar that will help you eat the carrots instead, if that's what you want to do. Or eat that Snickers bar with, with full abandon. Um, but the other two things for at home, um, watching what you eat and being aware of what you eat, it's really all about awareness because we 
eat, overeat for different reasons. We like the wrong foods. We're hiding things. We're it's comfort eating, which we've had a lot of this last year. So to bring a consciousness to yourself, get yourself a candle, just those like seven day candles in a glass. You can get them at a, a nice store. You can get them at a dollar store. I want you to make this your beauty, your awareness, your food candle. You might want to write, it's my Aphrodite, my Diana, my healthy, fit, beautiful body. Draw pictures on it, write words on it. Um, you could do a magical ritual with a candle, but then every time you eat from here on in, you have to light the candle. Even if it's a midnight stack and you want to go in and you want to have just one chip, just one thing, guess what? You have to light the candle because it's number one, it's doing magic that the food will be used correctly and it is your intent. And sometimes it might avoid you eating that one little cookie. Um, and if it doesn't, at least you're doing it with awareness. So start a beauty candle. Now, if you can't take it with you and you can't take it to work or if you're out on a date, when you're with places you're not it, you imagine it. Imagine that candle right in front of you and you are lighting that candle. Maybe you say a little chant, a little ah, beauty here, beauty now, beauty, it is me. I am healthy. I am fit. Tomorrow you will see. Something like that. Make it up in that moment. So every time you eat, you light a candle or imaginary candle if you can't take it with you. And the other thing that is really great is you need a visual picture of it. Um, get two little jars, any kind of jars, two little bottles, and then get marbles or shells for however much one, weight you want to lose. Five models, 10 mar mar uh, marbles, 100 marbles, and fill all the one you want to lose in one of the jars. Every time you lose a pound, put one marble over and you will see it start moving, moving, moving. Now, yes, if you have a bad day or a bad week, you have to move them back if you put a pound on. But you will start seeing that they go down and you're going to magically enchant your marbles. You're going to magically enchant your jars and the feeling good that you do. So now you're getting mind, body, spirit. You're getting visual. You're getting psychological. You're getting the magic in the candle, magic in the marbles. You have looked your beautiful enchanted mirror. And since I've been teaching people this, I even teach workshops on it. I've so many people have just stopped that insane, I've always got to do this, I'm always on a diet, or I'm always should be on a diet, and I'm mad at myself because I'm not on a diet, or I should be eating healthier. Again, it's not all weight, but you do want to be healthy. It, this is what, this is our body. This is what we got for this lifetime, you guys. Take care of it. So if you want to try one of those, if you want to try two, if you want to try three, if you want more information, there is much more in-depth in my book, Old World Magic for the Modern World. Find the diet program that works for you or a health program. It's keto, it's this, it's high carbs, it's low carbs. Just something that you can do and work with. All these other things are going to make it work. So enjoy magic. Magic is everywhere. You do just have to create it yourself sometimes. Wonderful guest for you today. Her name is Sasha Graham. And let me tell you a little bit about her. She's a best-selling author of over 10 books and tarot kits, including 365 tarot spreads, Llewellyn's complete book of the Rider-Waite-Smith tarot, and Darkwood tarot. She teaches tarot classes and produces tarot events in New York City's premier cultural institutions, including the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Sasha has appeared in film, television, radio, and the New York Times. So welcome, the beautiful and talented Sasha Graham. Hi. Hi, Patty. It's so nice to see you. It is so great to see you. Thank you so much for coming on. I, I am a tarot girl myself, and you are a very accomplished tarot girl. I see that. Um, so I want to get into your just starting. Um, how did you get into this world? How did you get into the tarot world? Is it Did the philosophy take you to the world of tarot, or...? 
Tell so, us your story. <laughs> so I, I'm a Halloween baby. So that kind of, from the very get-go, sort of defined who I was and how I operated in the world because I always just assumed I was a ghoul or a witch or a goblin. And um, so I always had a deep, deep love of tarot, but I didn't do it professionally uh, until my, I was a, I was an actress, a B-movie actress in the 90s. I was then a stay-at-home mom here in New York City. And when my daughter went off to kindergarten, I was like, oh, I was like asking my tarot, like, what's next? What should I do? What like career should I do? And it was the tarot that said, hey, babe, go into tarot because it's a great, um, it's a, it, it's a great business to be in where you have control over your schedule with your clients and your evening party events. So yeah, so it just started as sort of like a, a fun and flexible way for me to be working. And who knew that it would turn into all this? I know. I mean, again, very accomplished. Your decks are beautiful. I, 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 everything is great. So, and also, I love because I have I have the same. You have a theatrical background, don't you? As as being a practitioner of the spiritual arts, metaphysical arts, don't you think your your theatrical stuff, your acting, has helped you to be able to open that right creative brain, your intuitive spiritual brain? So much, so much. And it was, it's really interesting because when I started doing like the metaphysical work and doing things like meditations and working to the sacred imagination, I was like, oh, this is the same stuff we were doing in acting class. You know, I studied method at Lee Strasberg, right? So you're like working on your sense memory. This is all the things that we do as witches, right? You're honing your creative imagination, what you can see, what you can smell, the places that you go into. And then even I think the act of reading a tarot card or reading for yourself or another person is very much akin to acting in a scene, to painting a painting, to writing a poem, because it's really about opening yourself up to the creative process um, and being present for whatever fills that moment. Yeah, and, and it's an awareness because so much of life, everybody's asleep at the wheel, you know, just kind of little walking around zombies. And whether it's acting training, method training, Starbucks, or your spiritual training, they, they teach you to dance between your logical brain and your intuitive brain. They teach you to really open up to to waking up to what is. Yeah. Um, so you do you are you do claim to be a witch as well. I do. I mean, I, yeah, I would identify definitely as, as as a solitary witch. You know, I'm sort of a self-proclaimed witch. Beautiful. That and that's all it takes. I I totally do believe and um and I love how that world has really opened up too. It's kind of cute that it, it's like oh what was I decades ahead of the curve on this, but that it's so accepted now. And whether a young girl starts out because she has a Sephora I'm a witch makeup palette or she wants to dress cool, it's okay because it's such a self-empowering and empowering belief system. Yes, and I've got so I've had so many questions recently, like, what do you think about this whole witchcraft, witch talk trend? And and do you think like do you think it's shallow? Is it just fashion? And I said, I said it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how people find their way to something that ultimately is empowering and expressive. It doesn't matter if they go in it just at the surface level or if they dive deep. Um, the fact that they're there and 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 expanding the practice by showing up and doing whatever magic it is that they do, I think is fantastic. Yeah, I, I do too. I, and again, in, in a lot of the, the TV stuff I still do, On I work with a lot of kids and what would be considered very silly, like reality or whatever, but it's like you see little light bulbs turn on. You see them taking their power back. And it's just like, yeah, I, 
whatever show it is. I don't even want to name the shows. It's like, that is great. So I love that you have that background and, and do things as well. So how do you work? I know there's a difference in, I don't even read my own tarot. I will go into spirit, but you do. And I know you even talked about it. You have articles about it. So what is just some of your thoughts for people? Okay. I'm, I'm, either an advanced tarot reader, or I'm a beginner tarot reader, but I want to read my own cards. Do you have a different thought process or philosophy? Well, I do. I mean, I, first of all, I think all of us are different. So the way that we interface in the material world and work with our cards, it's definitely on a person by person basis. But I would say as a, a general rule, when you are reading for yourself, it can be a very tricky thing, especially if you're reading on a topic where you have very strong emotions attached or you want a specific outcome. Because one, you want to be able to kind of be objective. Um, and two, you want to be able to kind of slow yourself down as the information comes in. So for that reason, I always highly suggest to everyone that when they're reading cards for themselves, they write down what's coming to them so that they record it. Because what tends to happen if you're just reading cards for yourself, um, your thoughts move so much faster than, and, and part of the, the beauty of tarot is it takes everything out of our mind and we can spread it on the table before us. So, you know, I always say, do yourself a favor and write down the information that you're getting because it just, it fosters a sense of slowing down and honing the message so you don't confuse yourself and uh, you walk away with something not only that you can take and put into practice, but that you can refer back to in the future. That is brilliant, actually, because you do your thought pattern. Oh, Queen of Pentacles. But in your head, if you write it down, especially later, it's going to be, yeah, everything I thought was going to happen is going to happen with that guy. Wait, no. Exactly. <laughs> so that, very good advice. You guys listen, listen, listen to Sasha. Um, <laughs> uh, so, I, and I also saw, I read somewhere that you, you, you like people to, to create their own spreads. I mean, you have lots of books on tarot. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, for a couple different reasons. And that's not to say that I, I love spreads that you can find online and in books. And especially like when you're kind of like, I think they're super helpful. The reason I wrote a book called 365 Tarot Spreads, which is a, a tarot spread for every single day of the year. Um, and the whole point was like, sometimes when you play with cards every day, like a lot of passionate tarot people do, you run out of things to ask. Right. So a card is really helpful and they can be really inspiring or point you towards a question you might not have thought to ask. Um, right. But I think that it's incredibly empowering to create your own spreads to answer specifically the questions that you have. And so that way you have kind of a universe on the table, kind of a nice big um, overview of, of all of the different elements. And then there's a lot of magical stuff that you can do as well, uh, just with like picking out the shape of the spread. So if you're working on an issue around creativity, you might do a triangle spread because three in the triangle is, is creativity. If you're working on something that has to do with security and boundaries, you might make a square shaped, you know, tear, or if it's a holistic issue at hand, you might make a circular spread. Or even if the, the cards are pointing up, if you're looking at spiritual matters or pointing like sort of downward, if you're looking at um, deeper shadow issues, all of it, the power of tarot is that it's visual and the, the way the cards 
come out in a spread as visual and that can be used symbolically as well. Or one of my favorite things to do is just spread the entire deck around you in a big circle and sit inside your cards and start reading. Ooh, that sounds fun too. Oh, this is great. Maybe you need a tip a day book. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, I do like, because I know when I started again, decades ago too, you'd look at the, the standard card point four crosses this cross. And I went, Mm, and I would just start creating my own. And and when I was new at it, I'm like, well, but but this isn't official, so it must not count. You know, so you get past that, and it is like, oh, this is the inner workings, this is the outer workings, this is the base. I'm doing a it's exactly what you. I'm doing a pyramid. Here is the base, and here is the heart of it, and here is the, the other four. So I get creative, people with that. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And, and what you were saying about, um, you know, is this the right way or the wrong? Like, I think that, I think it's important for anybody, no matter where they are in their tarot practice, to really recognize that while there are standards and kind of, there, but uh, things that, that most people traditionally do, there is no right or wrong way. Tarot is what we make of it, and we are the ones that bring our power to the tarot. So don't worry about doing something wrong. Do it the way you want to do it. And all of the tools and the traditions and the esoteric teachings and the lore around tarot, you know, that's there to add into kind of like your tarot toolbox, but don't let fear of doing it wrong hold you back from playing with what is like the most fun tool in the world. Yeah, I agree. Um, one thing you also talk about is create sacred space and creating sacred space. Do you want to give any of your ideas and hints about what that means to you or what, how people can create their own sacred space or yeah. what that means? Yeah. So sacred space, I mean, just as, as a quick definition, you know, we all feel that very readily when we walk into a, a sacred space, like a church, a temple, a mosque. Uh, we feel it when we walk into the theater. We feel it when we walk into a yoga studio, right? It, it, we feel it in museums, especially around like certain paintings. It is that kind of uh, space of refer reverence and a space where the energy is different and expansive. And it's, it's really about um, creating a space that becomes kind of like a portal. And, and what's incredibly helpful about creating sacred space via something like ritual, and a ritual can be very simple, is that the act of moving through the ritual, which could be a chant, it could be lighting candles, it could be just waving some sage around, it could be cleansing your deck before you begin, it could be calling to the four corners, is that what you're doing while you're engaging in that is literally seducing yourself into a more attentive sacred space so that by the time you start pulling cards, you're focused in a way that you would, that is outside of the ordinary. And that's the whole point of sacred ritual, you know, and this is why there's so many bells and, and, and whistles and, you know, the world's religions, right? Like candles and incense and gorgeous robes and beautiful architecture, um, because it's about seducing us into moving into a place where we can be open to receive messages, inspiration, and ideas. So I think that it's also, it's pleasurable, you know, it's a sensual thing to do. So there, there's no downsides to it, I don't think. No, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And again, whether if you if your kitchen table one minute and it's your sacred space the next, you how you set it, intention, and then whatever goes with that. We're going to get back to more witchy fun in just a minute. But before we do, let me introduce you to our sponsor, BetterHelp.com. 
even with all your magic, is something preventing you from achieving your goals? You're still not as happy as you want to be? Check out BetterHelp.com. It is a professional counseling service online who within 48 hours will align you with a professional licensed therapist suited just for you. They are experts in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, lack of sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem. Because every good witch needs to have good self-esteem and good mental health. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor, betterhelp.com slash witching hour. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash witching hour. And now some more witchy magic with the witching hour. Do you use tarot and do you use tarot in your magic or spell working a lot or spell? Or... Yes. Oh, so talk I, about I, that. I, you, oh. Well, so tarot is so wonderful for spell work because it's visual and because the, the, the images and, and the visuals on a tarot deck move directly into your psyche, right? It's the same reason vision boards tend to work so well when people are trying to manifest things. So they're cutting things out of a magazine, but it's, it's something that you're seeing and 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 with something that is not language, with something that is visual, it moves right inside of you. Uh, so I find that tarot is really a great shortcut to magic. And in fact, I think that the cards can be almost taken like medicine in a sense, you know, when you need some creative energy, um, you know, jump into the Empress card when you want to be charismatic, jump into the Queen of Wands. if. You're, you know, you want to be frugal and smart with your money, like access the, the king of pentacles. I also think it's a great, the tarot is a wonderful way to communicate with the invisible world or things that people might normally think are inanimate objects. So you can communicate with a space, with the energy of a space, with a tree, with an herb. And, and tarot can become that communication tool that you can use. Um, yeah, so I'm a huge fan of, of, of using the cards for magic. And I often... You can also check in as well with if you're planning a spell ahead of time, you can the same way theoretically you could use the tarot to plot out sort of the narrative of a book you're writing. You can use tarot to check in on a spell you're crafting. You know, it'll you can kind of troubleshoot with it. So you can use them to plan spells and then you can also use them within the context of a spell. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And I agree wholeheartedly and I'm very visual. So I like the visual of whatever I'm doing. So if this is within that, that's great. And speaking of visual, your dark, your dark wood tarot is so romantic and beautiful. So anybody, you guys look it up if you don't have it. So tell where did that inspiration come for that? Are you, you know, are you an artist as well? And you have this, I, you seem very romantic and very magical to me. So Oh, thank What's... you. So do you. Thank you. We're, we're both sitting in, in, in like velvety red rooms. Yes, we are. <laughs> we, we are both coming from the same aesthetic, I think. Um, which, and there's a lot, there's actually a lot of beautiful red inside the Darkwood Tarot. So the Darkwood Tarot um, is, uh, is, a, is a shadow deck. And I was teaching shadow workshops around the world um, with tarot. And I'm a big fan of shadow work because I think that it's important for us uh, 
to constantly be uncovering new things with the tarot. I don't think, and it is a habit of tarotists to kind of tell, like to kind of sometimes make ourselves feel better with the cards. But I think that reading tarot, we want to discover the things that we don't know, right? And so how, how does one do that? Shadow work is a great way to kind of bring the light of your consciousness into these kind of dark, fuzzy places in your life. And I thought, all right, well, if I'm going to take people on a journey where they're going to examine their shadow self, it needs to be seductive. I need to kind of like entice them into this beautiful, dark place. And I was captivated by the idea of a forest, a dark, sexy fairy tale forest. So it took my, I had conceived of the deck and, and, and sold it. And my editor and I searched for an artist for probably over a year and a half before we found the right one. And it wound up being Abigail Larson, who is just an extraordinary illustrator. Um, after she did the dark wood, she went on to illustrate the nightmare before Christmas tarot. Wow. And she's currently working, I think, as an animator for Netflix. She's unbelievable. And it was just exactly what I had imagined. So I was so thrilled to find her. Yeah, it is absolutely gorgeous. It is beautiful. So a lot of my a lot of my listeners are what we call baby witches or just new to the world. So they're going like shadow work. Wait, shadow work? What so explain what shadow work is. So shadow work on a, on a basic level is anything that exists for you that you don't actually recognize. So it's something that's true about you, true about your life, that you don't necessarily um, observe, notice, or, or, or kind of take credit, credit for. Um, on a deeper psychological level, it is also the repressed parts of your personality. Right. So these are the things where we put our like icky emotions that we feel we shouldn't like if you're being jealous or envious or coveting something that you shouldn't covet or acting in a way that you feel may be inappropriate or people have told you you shouldn't act in that way. You might repress that and that would live in the shadow. So just because something's in the shadow doesn't make it scary because wonderful things, talents, desires, you know, repressed love um, exist inside of the shadow. So it's, it's one of those things that's, it's deep and it's heavy to explore, but it's utterly life-changing uh, because once you bring the light of consciousness to something you have actively repressed, which as you'll understand is a big part of the devil card, yes. um, you've brought more expansion into your life and you kind of don't go backward from that. So I, I think it's one of the best things a person can do. I agree. And that was beautifully said, by the way. Thank you. Um, so what are some of your other books that people can look into? So my new book, which actually was just released uh, two, about two weeks ago, three weeks ago now, October 8th, is called The Magic of Tarot. Um, and if you like the vibe of the Darkwood Tarot deck, Abigail Larson did illustrate the cover of The Magic of Tarot as well. Uh, and it's a phenomenal book for beginners, basics. It gives you all the tarot basics. But it was also an opportunity for me to dive deeper into the shadow work than I could in the companion book for the Darkwood Tarot. So there's also a bunch of high-level stuff in there. Uh, so more shadow work, the seven sacred cornerstones of constant magic. And I'm a huge fan of people figuring out what the cards mean for them. So it's full of journaling prompts that you can literally like write in the book uh, to kind of figure out your witchy self. That's beautiful. Well, congratulations on that. I like what you said earlier, something about 
using the tarot to write your next tarot book. Do you did you do you use the tarot to write your next tarot book? Do I you- use tarot for everything. <laughs> I really do. I really do. I because I kind of feel like you know. Tarot is this objective outside observer that's kind of there to help you. And and when you start working with the cards long enough, you know, like sometimes the energy and what you're getting is strong, other times not so strong. But I, I feel like it's always just a good check-in device and it always will suggest something maybe you hadn't thought of. So yeah, I, I use tarot for all kinds of things, including writing books. <laughs> I love that. I I. I, I think I might have to incorporate that too. Cause like I said, it's so funny. I'm a big tarot person. I use tarot in my sessions with people all the time, but I rarely go, okay, Patty, what am I thinking? What to use it for myself? Like, what am I missing here? Ah, I learn something every day. Um, Cause I just go, I'll just go into spirit. I don't need the tarot, for, but that's silly since I am visual and since I am asking for messages. So thank you. Thank you for educating Patty again today, as I always do. <laughs> Um, now, in reading for people, again, some of my people are newer, some aren't. What are some of your suggestions? In because I, know it's a big responsibility reading cards for people. Um, I'm really big on that, and what you're taking onto that. What are some of your suggestions for people, if you have any? Yeah, no. Oh gosh, I actually have a ton. <laughs> Don't get me started now. Um, so no, I think no, no. <laughs> when you, the first thing that that is really important to understand is that the power of suggestion is strong, and that any moment in which you've got a tarot deck, and any moment in which someone is sitting across from you. At, at any moment at which someone is sitting across um, from a presumed psychic or reader, oftentimes they will really lower their, their boundaries. And so whether or not you think you're any good as a reader, whether or not you claim to know what you're doing or not, the value in just sitting and kind of allowing another person to be seen vis-a-vis the tarot is incredibly healing. It's incredibly powerful. I mean, even if it's, even if it's only for 15 minutes, I mean, I don't know about you, but nobody sat down and kind of soul gazed at me or my cards today. And did I feel seen for 15 minutes, right? Right. (laughs) So it's a deep thing. Um, So with that in mind, you know, always read for a person's highest good. Um, I also think that it's really super important to create a set of ethical, and this isn't, doesn't have to be complicated, but create, a, and it's in my book, How to Do This, um, in The Magic of Tarot, create um, a set of boundaries, ethical boundaries. Um, things like, just you know, I, I'm not an advocate ever of peeking into somebody else's business on behalf of a client. I think the, con- the the responsibility has to rest solely with you. I think it's important before you read for another person to know what issues you will not read about. That may include reading for pregnant women. Will you or won't you read for a pregnant woman? Will you or won't you give medical advice, legal advice, all of this kind of stuff? Just answer those questions for yourself ahead of time so you're not caught in a situation where you're like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I should do that or not. Also, not only does it protect you, it protects the person that you're reading for. And the great thing about ethics and boundaries is they're meant to be movable. So you can change and alter as you grow, as you evolve, and as you kind of find out what your tarot reading or psychic superpowers are, 
they adjust and grow with you. But it's good to kind of create um, like a safe space for yourself and whoever you're reading for, even if it's your cousin and your best friend and you're just practicing. Um, it is a sacred space. So I, I advocate treating it as such. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And again, people are coming to you at, at vulnerable times. They're not coming to you at all this. And again, you have to take that seriously. You don't want to leave wanting to kill themselves anymore when they came in. And I love how you just use the highest good. You're going for their highest good on things. So explain to people, I love it, and I understand the medical advice and what you're going with people because they're going to listen to you. They're going to think what's right. But what is the deal with pregnant women? Mm. I, as a rule, will not read for a pregnant woman. And, and, and the reason is, is because tarot is visual. So you never know what someone across the table from you is going to sit down with, what their kind of um, uh, ideas are around any of the cards. So I would, I just don't, I, I don't, I would hate for say the death card or something, you know, theoretically spooky right, right. like the nine of swords or the three of swords to come up and they would have a visceral reaction and walk away with that. That's just, it's, it's not something I want to carry on my shoulders. And it's not that I think a pregnant woman shouldn't read cards for herself or whatever. I just, especially if I don't know the person, that's not a place that I want to be in because that's, I don't know. That's too close. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I just like, ah, I, that's, that's good. Um, another thing I did read, I don't know if it's an article or one of your book, you talked about like sleep is a good, and you were, when you just said reading for your best friend or your cousin about sleepovers, you had, whether it's an article, but you talk about the ultimate sleepover. Oh, spooky sleepover. Yes. What is that? My people will love a spooky sleepover. So a spooky sleepover is like a spa night, except Think more like, you know that scene in the craft where they're all together doing light as a feather, stiff as a board? Yes, yes. A spooky sleepover is just one where, is like a, a spooky night where you have a sleepover with your best girlfriends and you plan maybe Ouija board or a seance or light as a feather or like fun, magical, like group a group spell or tarot card readings and just kind of make that the theme of the night. Maybe you watch a movie like The Craft or Practical Magic or whatever your vibe is make it spooky and maybe like at midnight, you know, put on like a scary movie, like maybe, maybe even watch a slasher flick if that's what you're into, but it's fun. You know, it's fun to stay up late at night and giggle with your girlfriends and boyfriends and, and just kind of, I don't know, pretend like you're 12. Cause when you think back to when you were like 11 and 12 and having sleepovers and when like crazy things would happen, um, I, I just like that energy. And I, I say, why not, like, why not indulge? <laughs> I do too. I love that. I, I do what I call girls night and boys are invited to girls night and we'll do like masks and silly things like that. And we will often, because we will often pull out a Ouija board or things like that, but I right. like it going, it's spooky. It's a spooky sleepover or girls night, boys included. Yeah. Um, so thank you for that. You are a Halloween baby. Oh, totally. <laughs> um, so any big warnings for people about people going, oh, tarot, I don't know, my mom, you know, there's all sorts of weird limiting belief systems about that. Yes. Any warnings you have for people about like dealing with your own fear or not doing something you think, if you think something is really scary or bad to do, any suggestions? Or yeah, I do. I think that it's really important. Um, if you're afraid, fear is really powerful. So don't do the stuff that freaks you out. 
And if you, there are people in your life that are afraid of tarot or think that tarot is bizarre or evil, it's not our job or your job to convince them that it's not. If tarot scares them, let them be afraid of tarot and go on their way. Um, so I think that it's just important not to feel like you have to convince everybody around you that it's the greatest thing in the world. You know, um, not everybody, you know, likes Ariana Grande, <laughs> you know, or The Weeknd, or like, it's just not everybody's taste. So don't feel like you need to justify your actions with the tarot by having everybody love it. Um, yeah, and and if something is scarier, you feel, I, you know, set your boundaries. You know, if you feel like something is really spooky or freaking you out, stop. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. It's so funny, the, I talk about this all the time too, our ideas of fear, depending on what kind of fear, not if you think something evil or bad, you don't want to step into it. But we're so afraid to face fears like, I'm going to be brave, I'm going to step into it. But then we will go see the slasher film and ride <laughs> roller coasters. We embrace that kind of fear. What if that, I'm so scared, but I'm going to do it. We take that into those scary parts of our day-to-day -day life, you know, not necessarily the, the metaphysical, spiritual, uh, uh, magical stuff, but, but fear yeah. is, uh, we, it's a million dollar industry on one side and it's like, but I can't make that phone call. <laughs> and it, but it's so important because, and this is part of shadow work also, is that there's the fear that keeps you safe, right? There's the fear that keeps you from standing on a train track when Amtrak is like barreling down on you. So we want that kind of fear in our life. You don't want to banish our fear. Um, but fear also often points us in the directions we want to be going in. And you know the difference, right? You know the difference between being afraid of something because you're like scared for your safety or the difference of you're afraid of something because it is so good but freaks you out in some way and that's the whole point of like the ninth uh card in the hope the, in the celtic cross the hopes and your hopes and fears are essentially the same thing because if there's something in your life you really desire really want um there's probably fear is probably the reason you don't have it yet otherwise you'd already have it right, so right. you can let fear point you to exactly where you want to be going that is beautiful so speaking of, of you just said a spread what is your do you have a favorite spread or a most used spread uh, I do actually. My, one of my fav one of my favorite spreads uh, was actually created by Rachel Pollock, who's a tarot goddess master who's been publishing and teaching tarot, I think, since the '70s. She's amazing. Wow, wow. Her uh, business partner Zoe created a, a really simple three card spread, and I love it because it's practical. It's the should shouldn't do spread. So. It's three cards. Uh, you pull the top card, it's like a triangle. The top card is like just a general overview of the situation. And then the card on the left is what you should do. And the card on the right is what you shouldn't do. I love that. I don't know that. <laughs> that is good. So do they, they ask a specific question, obviously. Then the, I love that. I'm going to go try that. Where's my cards? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, shouldn't, shouldn't, because I'm not, I'm not a big should or shouldn't person, but I like it in a spread. That's good. Well, um, I just think like it gives a good concrete piece of advice without being positive or negative. You know, it's right. not yes or no, it's should, shouldn't. So it gives you right. some advice there. An opinion. So before we go, time is flying. I've got so many questions, but I also want to go back to your theatrical background. So I love that you did like horror films and slasher films. 
Yeah. How did that happen? Because you're a Halloween babe. You go, I'm a great actress and I was born on Halloween. <laughs> what else could I possibly do? Um, well, so I was in my 20s and I had moved to New York City to become an actress. And this was the late 80s, early 90s. So I was enraptured by Anne Rice, Interview with a Vampire, and goth was like really coming of age at this point in time. And so inevitably, everything that I wound up being cast in tended to be vampire, witch. And what was interesting about this is in all of those straight to video horror movies that I made that like went to Blockbuster, um, I was never like a final girl. I wasn't like stabbed and murdered like at the end of the movie. I always played a supernatural creature. I was always a vampire or a werewolf or a mafia hit chick. So really my career in retrospect was about harnessing supernatural power, which is exactly what I do now with tarot and, and hopefully teach and encourage other people to do is to recognize their supernatural powers. So it's all kind of connected in a really cool way. Isn't it funny how that works, huh? I, I love that. I love that. So uh, before we, I have questions. So can, will you come back another time? And so I could ask you more questions about, <laughs> I would love that. So in the meantime, so tell people where, uh, do you have anything coming up, any events that people should know about live or video or not live or anything like that? I do. I do. I actually um, am headlining a phenomenal event in West Palm Beach called StarCon. I'm actually headlining it coincidentally with Rachel Pollack, who's incredible. And if you are a fan of tarot, you should study with her uh, or at least get one of her books. But um What's a phenomenal about the StarCon event in West Palm Beach is that you can attend live or you can attend virtually. The entire thing is has a virtual component to it. And it's not just myself and Rachel. It is a slew of incredible, phenomenal tarot teachers over an entire weekend. I believe it's the weekend of January uh, 23rd, uh, 22nd, 23rd. You can look on my website to be sure. But it's a great uh, uh, holiday gift for yourself or a gift for someone that you know who's a tarot lover. So, uh, yeah. That is beautiful. So you guys check it out. And where can people find you? People can find me at SashaGram.com. That is kind of my home base for everything. You can find follow my socials from there. My classes, events, links to my books, decks, talks, everything. Okay. Well, thank you, Sasha Graham. You are a beautiful spirit inside and out. I'm, I'm going to go try some of your spreads. Um, so thank you for visiting the Witching Hour. Thank you for having me.